When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that wants an extra helping of all the sides. Yeah, mashed potatoes and the gravy and and, and stuffing, gravy stuffing. and great stuffing. Mm. Well, don't no no anal <laughs> anal stuffing, but gravy. Oh, I mean, but mash my potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what the word side means, you're very. Con- this was all very funny. Just so you know, <laughs> just laugh and. You're fine. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today, today we're going to talk about sides. We're going to talk about sides. We're going to we're going to talk about mashed potatoes. Yeah, we are. <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything can sound sexy if you do like your deep voice. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, it's especially easy when I'm hungover. So yeah, enjoy, yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> uh, but first, but first, I do have a quick correction. It's not really a correction, but I just I kind of felt bad because I called Philip Philip I called Philip Seymour Hoffman a monster person, and um, he's not a monster. Truman Capote was five foot four, and Philip Seymour Hoffman was not a monster person, but he was like five nine, five nine and a half. I thought you and, meant like psychologically. Oh well, I don't know anything about his like actual his his background. But... He's he's dead now, so does any of it matter? But oh, he looks like a monster person <laughs> right now, probably. <laughs> exactly. But, oh. um, that's all. That's cool. cool. Yeah. All right. Here's the news. <laughs> Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News. 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 I do feel I don't think I'm going to put like a trigger warning at the top of the episode for this, but there's a little bit of a trigger warning here that we're going to be talking about. Uh, sexual abuse by Catholic priests, Ooh. and I mean, um, trigger warning: Catholic priest. You know what? You know what follows. Exactly. Have you, you followed? Know, you know what comes next? It's uh, the priest. Have what? you Have you followed the story no. at all this week? So, there is a forty-eight-year-old uh, man named Janusz Szymczyk. I can't say that he's Polish. Like it, you did. Yeah, it's fine. Well, like a lot of Polish names, there's like fourteen consonants in a row yeah and my like my uh parents lived in uh warsaw okay and they would have street names that are like you know they had to add an extension to the sign because it wasn't long enough and, and there's like you pronounce that flung and you're like there's 17 consonants in yeah. there well uh this man yanish uh is 48 and has launched legal action against the bielsko zyvik diocese a cat the catholic church uh in poland Claims that he was sexually abused by a priest in the 1980s, beginning when he was just 12 years old. Uh, the priest, identified only as Jan W. because of Polish privacy laws, was found guilty by a church court in 2017 of abusing Simic as a child. A his- church court is t- uh, terrifying. That feels like the in the military where they're like, we'll do our own private military court that you have no w- witness into and we'll decide what happens. It sounds like the worst Netflix show ever. Church court. <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, his punishment was a five-year suspension from his duties as a priest and was required to live in isolation during this time. Um, but this is a civil case, and uh, Simic is see- seeking a three million zloty uh, compensation, um, which is 552,000 pounds, which is also not oh, helpful. 
<laughs> like a million dollars, I think, give or take. Um, this past weekend, I was pretty slutty. Yeah. <laughs> How many? <laughs> <laughs> Three million. <laughs> Three million. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, we laughed to hide the pain. Okay. Right, exactly. This whole situation is very, very fucked up, and that part is obvious, but the most fucked up thing, I think, ever um, is the bishop of the diocese, Roman Pindle, has asked the court to hear, quote, evidence from an expert sexologist on the determination of the claimant's sexual preferences, in particular determination of the claimant's sexual orientation, to decide whether he was in a voluntary relationship with the priest. Basically, whether that's 12 year old yeah, was di- in a voluntary relationship. The, I have the, uh, the diocese is asking, well, did he like it? Yeah. 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 Did, did the 12 year old choose to get like molested or, or because he's gay and kind of liked it? Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yep. Um, the diocese quote denies that the relationship was based on enslavement or incapacitation. On the contrary, it was voluntary and based on mutual benefits. You, that's, you can't, you just can't like you, that's not, you just, that's, that's not an option available to you when the child is a minor. Yeah. Well, and they, they, they also deny that it started when he was 12. They say it started when he was 16. Oh, that's convenient. Very like, Oh no, no, no. It started right at legal age. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, it's just, it's fucking disgusting. It is fucking disgusting. The whole thing is fucking disgusting. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't understand how Catholics can be Catholics and like wrap their head around like the cognitive dissonance that must be necessary to belong to that organization. And it is like if there was anything that was going to bring down the Catholic Church, it has already happened. So clearly you care more about the, the Catholic Church is an institution. Yeah. It is like you can keep believing your beliefs and not go to Catholic Church or not be a part of this group that's incredibly fucked up and has yet to actually like make up for all the shit they did or, or even try that hard. Like whether or not they deserve it, they haven't even tried that hard to like. Yeah, it's it's insane what it is what is okay to do because god like i yeah. don't know god likes me kind of like that every republican candidate for president like no no, god said it was cool or or i've got on my side so that 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 means you can ignore most of me yep 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 it, it it's it's fucked up kyle yeah. it's fucked up yeah. there's also i mean the the added fuck up, fucked upness of like you can't rape a boy because if he has an erection, he must like it. Mm. Like, like there's so much or like women too, right? Like yeah. did, did she like it or was she asking for it? Like, or yeah. did, was her, was her attire such that the man couldn't help himself? Like, I just, yeah. like, there's so much fucking toxic horse shit happening. And I, I mean, I think it goes to show some of these terrible stereotypes that I kind of think were, were passed is like, well, if he's gay, that's help that helps their case saying he must have that like people think that gay people are down with sex i apparently when they're 12 i guess but like they they just anything sexual is okay because he was gay that's an insane excuse for yeah all of this yeah yeah at any cost right uh, um apparently the bishop has offered a half-hearted apology he said, quote, we apologize to Yanish and to all who have been scandalized. We. <laughs> is the, like, not I. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, fuck the Catholic Church. 
and the Polish diocese in particular. <laughs> you always say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, news the second. Great. Great. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go on a rant, Kyle. Ooh. I'm going to go on a rant. I'm here for it. Um, anybody who follows me on Facebook saw this rant already a couple of days ago. There is a critical blood shortage in this country mm. worldwide. Actually, there is not enough blood to go around and gay men cannot donate blood if they are sexually active in the United States. And, um, there's the time time frame. So, oh. so it was forever. <laughs> you could, you couldn't, if you'd ever banged a dude, you could not give blood. That was changed in tainted blood. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, in 2015, uh, uh, um, never mind. That's a, that? that's a cone heads thing. Oh. Um, uh, in 2015, the FDA began allowing gay and bi men to donate blood if they had abstained from sex for a year, which isn't that far of a stretch for me. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a long time. And then the pandemic happened. And, and then, yeah. Uh, and just in 2020, during the during the um, pandemic, uh, it was shortened to three months. However, uh, Richard Benjamin, former chief medical officer at the American Red Cross, told NBC News, quote, that's still too long. If you are infected with HIV for the first one to two weeks, you will test negative. So there's a scientific rationale for saying, well, if there's risk, there needs to be a delay. But it's not three months. It's more like about 10 days. Hmm. Um, there is a, uh, a call from some senators, including Tammy Baldwin, who is the uh, Democrat from Wisconsin and a lesbian who said, quote, we urge the Food and Drug Administration to quickly act on the best available science and update its outdated and discriminatory blood donor deferral policies for men who have sex with men, a long overdue step that would dramatically increase the eligible donor base. Also, something that doesn't get brought up, like some people might be aware that you can't donate blood if you're a dude that bangs dudes. Um, if you are bisexual and you bang dudes, any women you bang also are deferred. Oh, it's people that are also tainted by our tainted blood. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> by like the commutative you, property you, yes, of taint. Yeah, you touched a buy. That means, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Um, so there is usually blood banks like to have at a minimum two or three days worth of blood on hand and many across the country have one or less uh other countries uh, are coming around france and greece just this week have lifted deferral periods on blood donations by gain by men and uh authorities in canada have recommended removing all questions about gender or sexuality from blood donor screenings israel took that action in october um and the Red Cross and other medical groups, such as the American Medical Association, have recommended ending the deferral period as well. And then it like is the uh, is the goal is the end goal that they do testing on blood to make sure it's HIV negative? Or is it they ask you, have you tested negative for HIV? Like, that's the thing. It's, what's the it's both. They go through a bunch of screening questions. I don't know if you've ever tried to donate blood before yeah. or not, but you like you, you, they sit you down and they ask you a bunch of stuff. And one of the things they just ask you is like, have you ever banged a dude? Yeah. If you say yes, then it's like, well, how long ago? I, why do you want to? Right. <laughs> why? What are you doing right now? Are you busy? Um. That. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you ever had a hot phlebotomist? <laughs> I am. 
no, no, yeah, no, no. All right. The, the phlebotomist at my doctor, when I go in for my prep screening, because every three months I yeah. go and get my blood drawn to make sure that I, I don't, I don't have the STIs. And, uh, one time sweet fucking Jesus, there was a hot guy mm. taking my blood and I was just like, he asked me which arm and I was like, I don't, whatever you want. Any like, arm, <laughs> any arm bro. No, I, 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 all the ones that I have gotten that I can think of recently are women. So, I don't know. well, he's never been back. So like. Oh. He walked out of my life like like everyone else. Oh, God. Um, so uh, the the senators that signed this letter are, are Tammy Baldwin, who's sort of the, the the ringleader of this. But there is 19 Democrats and two independents who caucus with the Democrats. Uh, Baldwin again is a lesbian and one of two senators from the LGBTQ community. The other one is a bisexual uh, uh, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, who we're not super happy with right now. Oh. Um, but but not because of this stuff. Oh. Okay. She said she wouldn't change the filibuster this oh. week. She she's like she's a Democrat or caucuses with the Democrats and and um it was like, yeah, we're not changing the rules. Interestingly, if you filibuster, you're not allowed to donate blood either. Right. <laughs> filibuster all over your face. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh that's that's it. Uh, news of the last? Yeah. Great. News of the last. This is kind of a an ongoing story. We've talked about her before, but uh trans Jeopardy star Amy Schneider. Yeah, I've seen her a bunch recently. Yeah. So uh she's not on Jeopardy, that's too smart for me. She has now won thirty two games in a row and has amassed over one million dollars and has thus become the most successful woman in Jeopardy history. She's become the fifth person to win over a million dollars. Uh, joining Brad Rutter, Ken Jennings, James Holtzauer, and Matt Amadio in the Jeopardy Hall of Fame. Um, however, with fame comes increased attention, and mm-hmm. she has been on the receiving end of transphobic and misogynistic harassment online. Not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, she's trying to focus on the positive messages and is hoping to create um, positive change because of her visibility. Uh, she's on Twitter and uh, has has some just really cool posts um and but she said in an interview with npr she read a tweet Mm. that somebody sent her that said quote after two to three years of conversation you being on jeopardy every night has taught my dad to be accepting of trans people you're the first person he's used correct pronouns with an 83 year old man saying this isn't that hard (laughs) um so she also, in an op-ed for Newsweek, wrote, quote, I hope I have given them, trans folks, the opportunity to see a trans person succeed. Until very recently, trans people didn't see themselves doing much out in the world. So to actually see something like this happen really opens your mind up to possibilities. Um, but yeah, so it's, she's a new benchmark. She's now the most successful woman to ever be on, on Jeopardy and um, is just just a gem of a person. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, her 32-day streak was $1.1 million as of uh, last Thursday. She's still rolling? She's still on it? Still rolling, I think, yeah. yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Anyway, that's the news. Whew. Man, there's a lot of things in there that are like, feels like the same, like, hey, people, priests still suck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Josephine, love you. <laughs> um, Like... Priests still suck without oh, consent. Oh no! <laughs> still suck, little boy. Um, like you know, like people are still have homophobic and transphobic views, and yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. speaking of 
people who suck. <laughs> no, that's mean. We uh, I have no new Patreon members to read. So if you've been waiting, so like you're the only name, so you get like kind of all the spotlight. Now's your time. Well, now would be the time, but then I just said that, so maybe we'll get. I don't know. Um, uh, sign up for Patreon if you uh sign up at the uh, entry level. You get is two two dollars a month. You get episodes a day early, ad free listening. Um, and uh, and Mike personally shows up at your house and gives you a big hug. Yeah, that's my euphemism for anal. Uh, um, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, um, if you don't, if nobody new signs up and we have no names next week. I think that we should just start over and reread all of the names and but say them correctly and not be funny at all. Just like, oh, no, just like the 9-11 memorial. Read all the names. Wow. Oh, I was going to say we should delete our Patreon. <laughs> no one signs up tomorrow. But I mean, by next week, we'll see you. <laughs> stay tuned. See what, has see what happens on this developing <laughs> Patreon story. Um, if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast. It's fun. Yeah, do it uh sides let's talk about sides i think probably buttered corn with but you gotta like have a little bit of something on there like some salt and pepper just salt and pepper yeah Hmm. yeah yeah when i was growing up i uh, like had the uh uh box mashed potatoes so now those are my favorite like having mashed potatoes that have like lumps in them because they're from real potatoes is like wait yeah you're supposed to be smooth and creamy white (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i am thank you no um (laughs) Uh, uh, instant mashed potatoes are legit like a weird comfort food. We're, this is not what we're talking about. It's we're not we, talking about sides. We're in it. We're too, we got too far in it and actually cared about corn. Um, we're, so, sides. What's a side, Mike? Sides are neither tops nor bottoms. They're sides. They're 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 people who <laughs> who don't want anal. They like all the other stuff, but not not anal. No no topping, no bottoming, but everything they don't else. Necessarily like all the other stuff. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah 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 yeah. But yeah, so, side is a term that uh, helps describe gay men. Yeah, that that don't like anal, don't prefer anal, maybe don't even do anal. Um, doesn't mean they've never done it, but there are like a lot of interesting things that we can talk about. For I mean, uh, so we have we have a uh, doctor. Wait, G- oh, oh damn it! What? Nothing. I should have started earlier. I was going to do a bit. Oh, okay. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Mike. I'm going to tell you about the history of sides. Are you? Yeah. The word was invented by the dude. His name is Dr. Joe Court. He's going to be on the show. And he will then elaborate. Yes. Um, That's the whole history. Oh, wow. Yep. He invented it. Shortest history ever. Um, He wrote about it. uh, I think the first appearance was in a 2013 article on Huffington Post. And I, I, it's something, when did you first hear about sides? I think mine was like a couple years ago. Yeah. I have this vague feeling that it was something to do with the show that somebody said something or sent us an article or like identified as that in the email or something. I, I I think it's the show. I don't think it's come up. I don't think it's that common in the gay community. Like I've talked to a couple of people just in the last week preparing for this show who were like, what is that? Yeah. 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 But um, yeah. And then you'll send them this link. Yeah, exactly. That's helpful. Sorry. You just had to hear about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> non-consensual sex <laughs> which i guess is just called rape um yeah so um i i i think a lot of things i learn about start on uh, i learn from reddit because i follow so many like lgbt subreddits and groups and including things i don't i don't think there's i don't think i follow any kind of side related subreddit but yeah um it, it i think it, the topic is both interesting one helpful to like one of those things that like all of a sudden you hear about and you're like oh <gasps> 
that's a thing and that's okay to be like that's um i actually wrote an article and included that it was that was not the point of the article and i don't know if i want to say his name like was like oh the first time i heard about that is in that article and like it described me and i Hmm. like i i was like very glad that i knew about that and included it and like dr joker like created this to have a, a distinct way to to talk about it yeah and it i think informs a lot of our weird hang-ups about sex and sexuality and you know what it means to be gay so yeah i'm excited to have him on yeah me too um so yeah should we do that yeah so like we're we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna have dr joe court with us who is a sexologist Mm -hmm. and writes articles and has a youtube channel and has a podcast he has a podcast i get we should probably uh, smart sex smart love podcast you podcast listener probably like listening to podcasts about gay shit so um he, he does he does that um <laughs> <laughs> yep uh but listen to this first and then listen to his show that's right that's right yeah should, so should we take a break let's take a break let's take a break non-anal break. on my side <laughs> this is the part where mike and kyle take so are we back we're back <laughs> we're back <laughs> we are here with dr joe court uh he's the clinical director and founder of the center for relationship and sexual health in royal oak michigan a board certified clinical sexologist author of four books uh all around amazing dude uh, welcome to gayish hey thanks for having me i'm really looking forward to talking to you guys yeah us too I mean, can we start with telling us what a sexologist is or yeah. or is that going to ruin what I've already started picturing in my mind and maybe you shouldn't tell me? <laughs> well, I would love to tell you because people think that it involves touch when I tell people that. Okay. And I can assure you that we only touch our clients with our words. We oh, are not yeah. body workers, you know. You are dashing Kyle's hopes and dreams. Okay. Yeah, right, right. It's not yes, that. I was correct. You, I shouldn't have had, no. Uh, t- tell us about being a sexologist then. Yeah, usually it's just uh, we are trained therapists. Usually we have our master's or, or more. And then we have um, additional training in sex therapy, which most mental health therapists don't have. So when you go through school and you go through all your training, you just get mental health. You, uh, sex therapy and sexology has uh, historically been pretty much locked out of mental health. So this is the training that we get. You can also be a sex educator where you're out there teaching and training about um, in educational settings. Um, Mike, should we have degree? Should we have gotten degrees before we did this? <laughs> I, I think we just get like honorary ones after we've done the show long enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Once we hit our five beer mark, uh, we'll find some college nearby. <laughs> yeah. uh, so w- when you when you think about like like anything clinical at all, I think of governments and I think of politics, and then that makes me wonder when licensing and sex are in the same sentence. Do people freak out like is there is there even a you can get you need to be licensed i would assume but is is the regulatory environment really weird uh no well you know you're just you're right you're um we're not licensed you can't be licensed as a sex therapist anywhere other than florida you can be licensed and they have their own regulatory bodies i wish we had it all over the country but in detroit michigan where i live in michigan we don't so it's really just like a certification that i have Okay. Uh, and okay. my PhD is in clinical sexology too. So that's, it's people often think I'm in, it's a psychology. It's not, I'm a social worker first and then I'm a sexologist. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and we, well, Mike, I was going to move on to sides unless you had more. Do it. Okay. Let's talk about sides. And, and yeah, we wanted to have you on to talk about the word sides, which best I can tell you uh, came up with in a 2013 Huffington Post article. Is that correct? Yes. 
It is, yes. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about what our definition of sides. I'm curious is like both for you to define it in your words, but then also is there anything that it's grown or changed into after like sometimes you put something out there and then it it no longer belongs to you or you don't own the evolution of it. And so I'm curious just to hear your definition to see if it's changed at all since I've read about it. Well, first of all, I'm that's such a smart thing to say because that's exactly happened. And at first I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's exactly what happened. And at first I didn't like it. I'm like, wait a minute. I came up with this and I liked my definition, but then I thought, well, that that's not right. Like we're all about expanding. My whole work is about expanding gender identity, sexual identity. So I've really leaned into it. So it started because I myself am a side, but I didn't call it that. I was very ashamed for all of my gay life, I guess, because I don't like intercourse. I don't want to penetrate. I don't want to be penetrated. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not disgusted by it. It just is not erotic to me at all. And, um, so when guys would talk about fucking each other and get getting two loads, I'm like, what do you mean two loads of laundry? I don't know what you have inside your butt. I don't know what's going on. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't really, I mean, I understood what they were saying, but I would say, well, I would talk about what I did and people would be like, well, that's not sex. And I'm like, uh, for me, it is sex actually. So one day I was doing these workshops for gay men and um, I just came out as a side during it. Cause we were doing sexual fantasies and sexuality. And anyways, I thought, why I didn't call it a side, though. I was laughing with some of them and saying, well, if you can be a top or a bottom, why can't you be a side? And everybody laughed. And I thought, why can't that be the word? And so Mm -hmm. then I I used it to come out and get rid of my shame. And we have a Facebook group, a private Facebook group called Side Guys, that we have about 4,500 men in there now that are all over the world that are so happy to identify as one. Hmm. Uh, I just realized right this second to I've never questioned this before is does side imply gay? Are there are there straight sides in the world? See, that's a good question. And people we've talked about that in the room. I yes, I would say there are straight men and women or straight people that just don't want to have either PIV, penis and vagina, or PIA, penis and anus. So sure, I think there are people that that could call themselves side. I just brought it to the gay male community because we're so centered and so focused on topping and bottoming all the time. Yeah. I mean, that seems like uh, an example of something you might not have thought of before. How did, how did that word, you mentioned there were some weird parts about the word that you didn't know were going to change or evolve. What parts were the weird parts you had to embrace? Well, not weird, but like, for instance, I've never, I'm like a gold, I would call myself a gold star side, right? Mm-hmm. I've never done it at all. Never tried it. Where guys are coming into the group, they're like, well, no, sometimes I have tried it. or And I, I, I don't mind it, but it's not my go-to and it's not what I want. So then you, so then we talk about power sides. Uh, we talked about <laughs> right. You can be a versatile side where you sometimes have intercourse and some, and but mostly not. Or you know, like so. There's like those kinds of words that that we're coming up with in the room, and I I have grown into them. The the challenge that I see, I I really enjoy that word. One of the challenges that I would imagine is that people already bring a lot of baggage to anal, um, whether that's anything in the butt makes you gay or like growing up feel like being discussed, like that's where the poop comes out, you know, common things that we hear that then might prevent gay men from anal. Uh, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you, uh, there's a struggle there that I see that I don't know what to, what to do with. So do you mean like, so if you get comfortable with this word, then you're, then you might think, well, now I don't have to deal with, with anal intercourse, even if it might be something I like. Is that what it, you mean? I, I think so. I think it, um, 
it you can yes you can mistake negative feelings as oh well, i'm a side when really you were trained by society never to, like that doing anything with your butt means you're gay and that that means it's bad I think that's a really, I never thought of that. Uh, I have thought of that with asexuality. When guy, when, when clients come to my office and say they're asexual, mm. I always want to rule out, is it a trauma response, right? Is it somebody, is it that you just have a low drive? Is it medication driven, right? So there could be like, you need to, you need to rule out all that to make sure you really are asexual. And the same would be true for this. So that makes sense. I don't know how, so I guess the only way to know is for somebody to, to be coached into making sure it's not what you just said other things. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that's like, it's not bad if it's either option, but you don't want, you wouldn't want to mistake. Yeah. A a societal kind of shame of bottoming for being aside if that's not the real issue going on, but right. Or even topping. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the guys in my Facebook group though, I will tell you, um, have tried it and Hmm. so they've given it their all and it's not for them. And then they always felt they felt ashamed. And then sadly, a lot of them find it hard to find partners because of it, because there's it's so driven for intercourse in our culture, even in the straight culture. Right. Everybody. If you say, hey, I, I'm I'd like I just worked with a couple tonight. And the woman said to her husband, it's so disappointing. He's in his 60s and he's not always able to have an erection. And she doesn't think it, that anything but uh, PIV sex is sex. Hmm. So it's so hard. Wow. You did mention asexuality that was actually something i was uh, aside from what we were just talking about is there any relation to for being a side and uh, asexuality or are they two completely different concepts they're, they're different but they're related so people think this is so interesting people think if you're a side you're asexual because they think that sex is only intercourse right, right. so if you remember wait a minute we have outer course we have lots of ways <laughs> of being sexual in, in addition to intercourse uh, then um, people understand, well, no, every, I'm very sexual. I love sex. I just don't like intercourse. But you can be an asexual and a side. Sure. Yeah. Right? Because asexuals can enjoy a relationship and can have sex from time to time even because they have a whole continuum, but they may not like intercourse. And some do. There are some t- asexuals that like topping and bottoming. Yeah, those see, also seem like side. There's someone who has uh, is asexual, someone who has a trauma response to like bottoming or or gay sex at all. Like those all seem like topics that could either be mistaken or hover in the same area that needs some parsing out and are very important to understand their distinctions. Which is- I love this. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes. I am curious. We've talked on the show before about oral tops and oral bottoms, um, but but the concept of side is is uh, is. We're strictly speaking about anal sex, right? Or am I missing the boat? Yeah, it's just anal sex, right? Some of the guys in the group like fisting, they like to get fisted and do fisting. They like rimming. They like you know inserting fingers and in toys. They just don't want um, intercourse. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, totally down. I just like he, there are there would be there could be a guy who is a side and likes to be fisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's strictly the penis part about something being in their ass that is for the, some men. Like, for some, for yes, some men. yes. I would say that most of them are like me. They just don't okay. want it at all. That no interest. And then there are others that like or are um, anal play. Huh. Wow, that blew my mind. 
<laughs> YouTube can continue on about, about the conversation while I just have to take – all of this is like I'm excited. One of the great things to have you on is is hearing about this and, and all of it like – may take a second to just like re like change my, I, I love stuff in my butt. So it's like, I, you know, I'm learning about a group that I don't necessarily understand or, or can't directly understand. So all of it is like uh, it very interesting. And then I just take a second to like, okay, let me refigure my brain to, okay. You know, now I can, that one might take a, a couple seconds though. So. <laughs> well, whilst, while Kyle's thinking about his butt, I want to ask about, uh, you, you you mentioned like difficulty in relationships or finding relationships. And I, I'm wondering if you could say more about, about that, because um, I, I think dating in the gay world is, is, is rough as it is without sort of special circumstances. Can you, can you say, can you say more about like what, what you and, and other sides are, are, are finding when it comes to dating? Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, when I was in my twenties, so I've been with my husband uh, almost 30 years. I was 30 when I met him. And I, it, all of my 20s, when I dated guys, and I just would say to them, I don't do this. So if this is what you want to do, and this is important to you, you need to move on. And I remember some really good guys that I would have loved. Even today, I still see them around. They would have made great partners and great husbands, but not for me because they were invested in intercourse. So, but I wasn't struggling like the guys are in our group and the clients that come and see me who are struggling. They are, well, it's all, you know, sometimes even in your generation, right? I mean, it breaks my heart that in your generation, I think you guys look like you're half my age. I don't know um, <laughs> how old you are, but I'm, I'm 59 years old, right? So I thought by now the gay community would be just better and more, um, it just seems as bad in some ways as it was in my generation, lonely and negative and mean and disenfranchised. And so these men are already feeling this way. And then you go out there and there's no on Scruff, on Grinder, on Adam, for Adam, all these things, none of them say side. So you can't really click that as a button. So they just feel lonely and disappointed and, and get passed by all these guys all the time. And they're constantly lamenting about it. Hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm d definitely half your age. Um, and I stand by that forever. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm uh, 35. And uh, yeah, so I, I feel like you. there still is the you come out and then you enter the lgbtq space and there's a whole new level of judgment you, you the ideal would be okay now i'm in this community that it's all accepting and loving and you know and there there is a lot of that so i don't want to like dismiss the good parts but there is some like now you're now you're in here and you get some of the judgment and criticism and i'm you know i'm better than you or i like I don't know, taking the power that you now have within this community to look down on other people. I, I absolutely yes. believe that and feel that that still, still happens. In the kink and the fetish world, right? Intercourse doesn't happen for the most part. It's not about intercourse. In fact, sometimes you're not even exposing genitals. You're not even reaching orgasm. So in kink and fetish, those communities understand sides because there's not intercourse happening in there. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm 43 by the way, and so wow, I, you do not I, look like you're 43. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I I also I entered my gay life later. I, I was 30 uh, when I came out, and hmm. um, my my experience though has been that you know gay men are just fucking each other left and right, and that that's <laughs> the that's the only thing that matters, and that's the only part of identity. And the fact that I'm 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 just not that. We talk about it on the show all the time. I, I don't identify as a side per se, but like, 
anonymous is not my thing. Like just like meet up and bang it out in a, a in a, a public look. Like I just it's, it's just not me. And I've struggled with my gay identity feeling like I'm doing it wrong or that I don't necessarily belong because I'm not the sex crazed uh, gay guy that I see in media especially but then also in the community um do you have any advice for somebody who who's feeling like that who's struggling with their validity as a gay person because they are aside or uh on the ace spectrum i think it's important to find your community so like you might be considered a demi gay right demisexual who's only well, kyle tried to convince me i was demi many many years ago and like, oh. but i <laughs> no, was talking <laughs> about more and yeah. <laughs> i love that i love that drag persona <laughs> and it didn't it didn't work then either but <laughs> but you're a doctor no. please take a swing at this i mean demi just means that you're only attracted you're only going to want to be sexual with somebody that you have an emotional connection with right not anonymous mm. yep but how yep. come you don't okay. like the word <laughs> Uh, I, I Who think. Who do I know that sounds? There's someone I know that sounds that reminds me of. This is just... great. Okay, bu- buckle up, gayish <laughs> listeners. We're now doing Mike Mike's, Mike's therapy session here with Doctor Court. This is. I, I was really just looking for for cheap therapy today, so thank you for being. Uh, You're welcome. Um, uh, my 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 whole thing about demisexual. It was my understanding that it was necessary to have a connection to feel sexual desire. And that is certainly not me. Like, like in a in a public place, like at the bar, hanging out, I'll be like, "Oh, th- that guy's hot. That guy's hot. That guy's hot." And I, I definitely have the desire to. For me, it's that if I don't have some sort of relationship, trust, connection built up with a person before we end up in the sack, I will have a trauma response, and I I don't I don't like it. And then I get up in my head, and then I lose my erection, and then, and then I'm like just trying to figure out how to navigate this and get out of the encounter as quickly as possible because it has stopped being fun. And so my understanding of the word demi though was just like you don't even have the desire to hook up with and get in bed with this person uh, until that relationship has been built. So it just it didn't feel like a super good fit, but it's close. Like I, like it's there's close. I can see. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying, because you're saying that when you're in the bar, you can see hot guys and you can imagine being sexual with them. Damn right. I can. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're on the Demi uh, continuum. Maybe there's a word you would create, you know, that's something that you might say. You're like a relational gay. That's what you are. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, Where were we? Oh, I got flustered. I'm warm now. Okay. (laughs) I promise not to bill you for this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say one more thing about demisexual that you might find interesting. I did a podcast of my own with um, this guy, and I can't remember his name, uh, hmm. but he has a Twitter, a TikTok account. It's all about asexuality, and hmm. he does a lot of demisexual stuff. So maybe you'll you could start to watch him a little bit and see if he expands the definition. Because like like just happened here with Kyle, he expanded the definition a little bit more about being aside. Maybe there is an expanded, and maybe that would be. I don't know if you need that community though, but some people do. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not not trying to figure it out, and having mm-hmm. having support in that might be really good for me. Um. Sorry, was that an episode uh, of your podcast on Smart Sex, Smart Love with Dr. Joe Kurt? It is, and I had him on this year. This uh, year I had him on, yes. Okay. So you just have to listen to all the episodes to find it. <laughs> I have to, you can Download each and every one. But I'll tell you something. Where do you live? Seattle. We're both in Seattle. 
Oh, in Seattle, sorry. Because in Michigan, you would be a perfect fit in Michigan because people here are very relational, hmm. very. And monogamy is like the gold standard here in Michigan, in the Midwest, I should say. That's that's interesting. Like uh, geographic. I mean, everybody says that, that that Seattle and Portland are like the poly capitals of the world and oh. that that everybody out here is is open and um, hesitant to put labels on it. And I, I don't know. And Seattle's a city of bottoms. Apparently, that's something everybody says. Um, um, but that's that's interesting. Maybe I should move to the Midwest. Kyle, the show is over. I'm moving to the Midwest now. Uh, are you starting your own spinoff show called like <laughs> a, a Demi in Michigan or something? I don't yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, I I wanted to ask about open relationships as uh, that seems at least in my both vernacular and the people I know that is a growing phenomenon, and even on apps, I'm seeing more and more people put that they're in open relationships. That feels like a potential solution if you're aside and trying to make a relationship work that that doesn't but i'm curious uh, what the either challenges are or if you talk about open relationships as a uh, as an option oh totally yeah no so for a lot of people i mean really it's it's an option when you get two bottoms together or two tops together right and everybody when they're in romantic love think oh i can make this work oh i can't believe all of a sudden i can i can have intercourse i can be a bottom i can be a top but you all we all go to our natural state after the romantic love ends and so at that point i usually do talk to people about well i mean starting with toys and starting with being creative in your monogamous relationship but if it is important to you to um, that your nature really is to be aside or to, to um, and to not engage, then yes, opening your relationship is a great way. And, and so many gay men do have open relationships and make it work very well, in my opinion. You, I don't know if you know this, but the research is that 50% of gay male couples are in open relationships. Um, wow. And a lot of single guys get upset with that because they're like, how am I ever going to find somebody? And I always think that's internalized homophobia because why are you looking at the 50% that are open? You have 50% that are monogamous. That's a good sign for you. Go over there and start looking around, you know? Yeah. Although uh, uh, a, a little bit of a, of a, I don't know. Rebuttal. I have a response to something. Yeah. A rebuttal. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Putting the butt in rebuttal. I, <laughs> uh, 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 I might not necessarily be looking for monogamy. And so finding somebody who's single and willing to be open is it feels oh, like it's sort of sort of a, a difficult camp to find. I have always found that single gay guys are way, way, way more judgmental about open relationships than guys in long term relationships. The guys in long term yeah. relationships get it. And the single ones, they got a heteronormative mind about the whole thing, in my opinion. Monogonormative. Let me say that. Yeah. Oh, that's I just want to have a three way. So open relationship. I'm like, <laughs> neat. <laughs> Let's explore this. So, I didn't. I didn't think about this until you just said this. Like this, uh, bringing heteronormativity into the LGBT community. Like it, sides feel like a product of that. Like that you that you have to be insertive. I mean, there are a lot, a lot of different ways. Like yeah, there have to be insertive sex. The one that the tops the man. Like there's a lot of things we bring in. Is is this a product of heteronormativity, or is there more going on? I think um, intercourse is the, uh, the and the uh, emphasis on that in the gay male community is the product of heteronormativity. That being aside is breaking away from that and saying no, 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 we're not going to do this, and we're going. It's normal for us not to want to do this. There's nothing wrong with us, like that. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the 
the focus on intercourse in the gay male community being a product of heteronormativity is interesting because I think a lot of straight people, especially shitty straight people, would be like, no, we never we don't think gay people should have sex at all. Where where is that coming from then if some straight people just flat out don't like gay people at all and don't think they should be having anything. <laughs> I know that's a really good point. I don't know, but I do know that I blow people's minds, uh, straight people, when I tell them about being aside and they're shocked, like sex therapists, even I have to teach sex therapists that gay men, not all gay men like anal sex. And, you know, I don't know if you know my famous quote, but um, I get a lot of straight guys that like to get fucked and they'll, they're scared to, they're afraid to tell their spouses uh, female spouses, or if they do, she has a disgust response. She's not into it. So he'll go and find men to do it, but he's not into the men. He's just into getting fucked. Mm. And so then he comes to me because his wife thinks he's gay or he thinks he's gay. And you know, they're, they're horrified by the whole thing. And I say to them, listen, your anus doesn't have a sexual orientation. It doesn't know whether it's gay, straight or bi. It's an anus and it knows it enjoys pleasure. And you have a peace spot. And your peace spot is enjoyable to your to people, so it's not about it does it's not about sexual orientation just because you like anal sex. Yeah, this is magical because Joe on my on my list of things is straight men who sleep with men because I've heard you talk about that on on YouTube like quite recently actually it's like like it's sort of um, I think last week you had something about that on 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 your show, um, so help me out. Like my flippant response to hearing that is like, well, he's not that straight then. Right. (laughs) Um, But I like uh, it. Yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm just fascinated by the idea that there are straight guys who, who legit are, are out there, out there having sex with dudes and um, not only are having a crisis of identity, but are then still making it through and not labeling themselves as somewhat bisexual or or gay. Um, how common is this? Do you have any sort of sense sense for that? We don't because they don't have permission to talk about it because once they do, everybody thinks they're gay. And this is what made me famous on TikTok. I have 550,000 followers as of this week. Mm-hmm. And it's because my videos on straight men who have sex with men, I have one that's blowing up right now today. I did it last night and it's almost at 100,000 uh, views. And people are just fighting in the comment section <laughs> and hating on me and can't wrap their mind around it. So here's what I say. When a man has one non-heterosexual thought, he's stigmatized. Hmm. When a woman has one non-heterosexual thought, she's fetishized. We have no, and both are problematic, but Hmm. we have no problem with women having sex with women. In fact, we have a word for women that do it in college. They're called lugs, lesbian until graduation. And everybody laughs and, oh, that's so cool and whatever. And then she goes to her heterosexual life. But if a straight guy says, yeah, I sucked dick all through college. It was so much fun, but I'm straight now. And people laugh. Like he can't have done that as if this is what makes me so upset about the younger LGBT LGBT generation um, is that everybody can have a a fluidity, but not straight guys. You know, a gay man can have sex with a woman. A lesbian can have sex with a man. A straight woman can have sex with a woman and still be lesbian, gay. and, And but if a if a straight guy does it, the act defines who you are. And my generation was all about stopping that. I always say to people, if I'm never get sexual another day in my gay life, I'm still gay. If I have sex with a woman tomorrow and I have repeated sex with her, that doesn't make me bi. What I try to tell people is straight men are not attracted to men. That's what makes them separate from different from bisexuals. Bisexual men are attracted to men. Straight men are attracted to maybe this man in this time, in this place, but not all men. He's attracted to the sex act. 
it's the act that's turning him on, not the man. So it's more like that. Hmm. Hmm. That's so fascinating to me. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy the respective things that blew our minds. Mike's is about straighties having sex and mine is about fisting. I think that's, <laughs> I think there's something that speaks to our personalities that I don't know that I need to explore more. Um, in the Huffington Post article that, where you talk about sides, you talked about other causes that people may not like anal that I was a little bit surprised about, hadn't thought about, and then completely made sense. One of them is prostate surgery that I just didn't uh, didn't really think about. What are the other reasons, uh, other than just pure lack of desire, internal desire, what are the reasons that someone may be aside? Uh, they might have hemorrhoids, and it hurts, and it keeps re- uh, Hurting the, you know, reharming the uh, and breaking through the hemorrhoids. It might be that uh, they have ED, erectile dis. Well, we it's erectile disorder, but we call it erectile disappointment in sex therapy, <laughs> rather than making some big deal about what's going. You know, yeah, um, yeah, and in, and as you age, your erections change, and fitting into a, a vagina is a little easier than fitting into a, an anus. Uh, uh, honestly, so some people just move toward, or yeah, have some kind of uh, medical illness or, or some kind of issue. Um, and I hear what you're saying too about like, could it be religious? Could it be that it, people think it's dirty? Um, it could be those things too. And and I guess sometimes I think, well, so what? Let's say that's the case. And so that's the reason that they're aside. It, it, for them, it might work. But for other people, they may, might need to be challenged, just like you said. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, well, then I was absolutely a uh, um, unwilling side when I had um, butt issues, and I I had to have a what I call a butt enlargement surgery um, uh, because of a, a recurring fissure. So yeah, oh yeah, um, right. I for that period of time, no, nothing was going in. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's great that you had that worked. You know, that you had it fixed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then it, yeah. And now I'm the perfect bottom. <laughs> so I'm curious, sort of backing up a little bit, how do sides find each other? Is is it just through the apps, but the apps don't have a label that works no. necessarily effectively? So are, are there, are, are you learning about like most effective ways for sides to find each other in the world? Well, sometimes they'll put it on their profile, no anal or fraud. You know, fraud is a big thing about just, you know, rubbing up against each other. In fact, um, you, some people, I was looking at my our website, we have different names for different kinds of sides. And one of them is a fraud side, uh, hmm. somebody who likes to engage in fraudage, right? Just to, penis to penis contact. Um, some people take my Huffington Post article and there's uh, a section of it that says, here's what a side is. They snap a picture of it and it's one of their photos. So that mm-hmm. someone can see it. But people get to cut to the chase in the very beginning of, you know, you're going back and forth. What are you into? Are you a top or a bottom? I'm not into anything. And then they have to go through this whole thing. Well, then you're not into sex. What does that mean? So it can be frustrating because there's a whole conversation. But those are some of the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. This is very helpful, very informative, and a lot that I think people can learn about, even if they're not aside to to understand i guess is there any advice you would have for someone who is aside and just now exploring that side of them or under or maybe even by listening to this understanding that that's an option available what kind of advice would you have for them well i'd like to start with what you said kyle i love it really as a therapist i don't know why i never thought of this but to really make sure you're not aside because it's because of trauma because of you know religious beliefs cultural beliefs whatever i think they should do that but secondly you know don't i feel like my work is 
de-shaming people all the time as a sex therapist, uh, getting rid of and helping people remove their shame. But the third thing, and probably a really important thing is, don't listen to other people's negativity. Do you know what people say to us? They say, you haven't met the right guy. Yeah, we said that to lesbians. That worked really well for lesbians. You just need a good fuck, and then you're going to be okay. I can't tell you how many times people say that to sides, you know, uh, or something's wrong with you, or you don't like sex. Don't listen to any of those messages because it's not true. You're just not into it. It's just not. Just like a top isn't, some tops aren't into bottomy. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just a top, you know? Yeah, I love that. Um, okay. Well, I think I, I think we did it, Kyle. Yeah. Thanks to Joe, we got some therapy. We- <laughs> you did. I don't. I'm I'm perfect already, so I don't think I needed any. <laughs> well, okay. Um, Mike, do you want to take a break? Yeah, sure. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So, are we back? We're back. <laughs> We're back. Uh, Doctor Joe Court, where can people find out more about you? What you're up to? How to get in touch with you, etc. Tell us all the things. I'm pretty much everywhere on the internet, but but basically, you can go to my website, joecourt, J-O-E-K-O-R-T dot com. You can find me on LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook, and, and my handle is at Dr. Joe Court. Cool. And awesome. I will I will also then say Smart Sex, Smart Love, this podcast uh, that he does, <laughs> unlike us, he seems to have a degree in talking about these things. So that's <laughs> something I've looked forward to. And one of the things available on your website is the uh, 10 smart things gay men can do to improve their uh, their. Is it? Wait. 10 smart things gay yep. men can do to improve their sex lives or their lives? No, no. Ooh, but, uh, well, I don't really like the title anymore. There was, I loved it in the 90s when I made that, <laughs> or wrote that book. But 10 smart things gay men can do to improve their lives. Um, I don't know why I just, in my mind, was like, wait, did I miss the words? No, 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 you're talking about their lives. So that seems like it would be uh, appealing to our folks that listen. What about us, Mike? Yeah, well, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, at Gayish Podcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. A uh, couple of quick notes. So Minecraft, they are meeting on our Discord server in voice chat every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. There were quite a few people in there last week. I were didn't they? have a chance to stop by, but I looked on my app and I was like, holy fuck, there's a shitload of people in there hanging out. So if you want to join a cool Minecraft server and have fun on Thursday nights, you are more than welcome. Also, I'm so super stoked. I can't believe it's actually happening. <laughs> so uh, we are going to do a brief little tiny miniature northwest tour coming up so i'm super pleased to announce that we will be at the tree fort music fest in boise idaho um we're hoping for uh um, march 27th which is the sunday but it could be anytime that weekend we haven't gotten our slot yet so it'll be march 25th 26th 27th one of those three days i will get more details as soon as we have them but we're signed for that which i'm super stoked about the very next weekend is our fifth birthday, and we will be doing that at the Hop Capital Brewing in Portland, Oregon. So come join us there and ring in our fifth birthday as a show. 
it's going to be super awesome. We're, uh, I, I, I can't wait. It's going to be great. And then the next weekend after that, making a three city tour, we're going to end right here in our backyard in Seattle, Washington on Sunday, April 10th. Um, this is not our North American tour that we've been talking about doing that Patreon has a goal to get us to. We're going to try to do that later in the year, but we're going to do these three cities and we're going to learn some stuff and, and, uh, hopefully that puts us in a place that we can be even more successful uh, when it comes to later in the year for our actual North American tour. Yeah, so we'll have uh, more details on uh, a couple of locations and everything, but just wanted to give you all a heads up. So if you're nearby, you can write it down your calendar. And if you're not, you can make plans to hitch ride over to see us. Yeah, please do. It'd be great. And I'm sure as we get closer, we'll be even more more loud about it. Yeah. Um, ready for a gay Stratest? Yeah, let's do it. Kyle, do you want to go first? Yes, yes. Okay, I have a twofer. Um, I uh, my gayest thing is that we uh, went on our uh, little retreat last weekend, and then um, we had some leftover alcohol. And one of my friends was like, "I have some white claw. Do you want the white claw?" So being the one, <laughs> the yeah. one that's like, "Oh, you probably want some white claw, right?" Um, that's my gayest. My straightest is that it was I drank it and it was surge white claw. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a combination the world needs. It's not it's not a combination the world needs after having drank one. It's not what we need, but drinking anything surge related, I didn't know I was allowed to do that. Well, there goes our white claw sponsorship, Kyle. Thanks for fucking that up. <laughs> you like the good flavors they make. <laughs> you need to know what they're doing. Okay, Mike. Uh yeah, so the strangest thing about me this week was uh I, I was making coffee a couple of mornings ago and I don't know why this feels straight guy, but like I just didn't empty the grounds. I just put more coffee grounds on top of the old <laughs> coffee grounds and then ran water through it and just maybe it's being lazy about something. Anyway, that just like, that felt kind of straight guy to me. Um, and then the gayest thing about me this week, uh, Ronnie Spector died and uh, the song Be My Baby is Ronnie Spector and the Ronettes. And I just got I just got sad. And I listened to that song on repeat. I've heard it like 400 times in the last few days. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Ronnie Spector. Yeah, that's the gayest thing about me this week. Morning by listening to a pop song over and over again. <laughs> uh, Joe, how about you? What's your gayest straightest? So my straightest thing would be that I uh, went to a Pistons game, which I w- is a horror movie to me. Uh, but I did it for my <laughs> nephew and I wanted to hang out with him. So I went. Okay. Uh, so that was did, fun. Did we win? Did the te- did the good team win? That's I basketball, no right? I don't think we did. Okay. That's <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I don't think I knew. The, I, I don't know. I just know that we're chasing an orange ball all around. <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> and then the gayest thing I did is um, I did a TikTok video, and I was talking about how my mother wouldn't let me impersonate Cher uh, when I was a little boy. So I put some tights on my head, and I impersonated Cher in one of my TikToks. <gasps> That's awesome. How would you rate your own performance? <laughs> Do you think you sucked big time? It was horrible. I looked ugly. It was horrible. <laughs> That's hilarious. Haven't we all impersonated Cher at one point in our lives? <laughs> and a callback moment, Cher is one of the backup singers on Be My Baby. Because uh, Oh yeah, they didn't have the Ronettes in the studio. <laughs> They I had didn't a bunch know of... that. That's that's pretty gay that you know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. right. Thank <laughs> you. That knowing that information. <laughs> Uh, well, well, that is it. This has been Gage. Dr. Joe Court, thank you so, so much for being on. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun with you guys. 
Uh, I would also like to thank the e- equally important Super Gap Bridgers who gave us money. Josh Copeland, Forrest Nell, Patrick Martin, Anonymous, uh, James Barrow, Explosive Lasagna, Christopher Farrell, Jamie Pugh, Kevin Henderson, Tipson McStumbles, Donald Linsky, Thomas B., Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cagetorian, Jerome York, and CNN Hobby. Thank you for making us happy thanks, <laughs> with your thanks, money. <laughs> thanks for your cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been Gayish from the Chris Cacciatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. See you next week. On the side. <laughs> <laughs>